NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To be honest with you, uh, I cried for you. <laughs> Welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast on today's show. Justin Langer reflects on NISA schedules and the Sheffield Shield so we consider crowd noise, sport as art, and what the fuck is happening on Michael Vaughan's Instagram? Does 150 in the IPL represent a good return on a $3.1 million investment? Is Steve Smith still looking at Joss Butler? And what is a Maxwell? And many other questions remain unanswered in the UAE. There's also tattoos, Heather Knight on Black Lives Matter, and match fixing in the 80s. Manus Labushain is on the show to discuss nicking blokes off at grade training, backyard test cricket, and getting his average above 65, but also not setting goals at the same time. Hashtag AskTGC involves being fathered by your grandfather, Stephen Bradbring into first grade, and how to pick up grade cricketers in North London. And there's also a list of famous people that won AskTGC and knows. This episode is brought to you by Budgie Smuggler, where you can get your custom bucket hats using the code CHAMP at checkout for free shipping. That is at PezzyLad, Budgie Smuggler. Dot com. You can also check out our exclusive content every single week at patreon.com forward slash grade cricketer. My name is Ian Higgins and I'm joined by Sam Perry. The fans out there know him as Pezzy Lad amongst many other things. Pezzy Lad, welcome. Thanks very much, you guys. Uh, very much looking forward to this week's show once again. Why is that? Well, once again, you've made it sound like a lot's happening in cricket and nothing's really happening at There's all. There's no much happening in the show. During our time zones. That's all that matters. Yes, that's right. That's right. As uh, Adam Gilchrist said off air, you guys obviously aren't uh, heading to the state colds of Indian cricket by saying there's no real cricket happening at the moment mm. when perhaps the biggest tournament in the world is happening at the moment. Well, ordinarily, you'd say, oh, I know a bit about India, do you? <laughs> he, but, does but he, does, he does know about Gilchrist, it. So, so, yeah. You can say what you want. Yeah, he, can, he actually can say what he likes. There's um, a tweet this week caught mm. my eye as mm. we start the show is the intro question slash discussion point. Jim Congdon uh, had a tweet. Uh, he's, he's got a giant tweet I'll put this up on YouTube, this image, but um, it's a giant uh, tattoo of the South Australian Redbacks uh, on his calf. Mm. And the caption of that is, now all this needs is Sheffield Shield winners 2021 tattooed on it by Dizzy. Mm. Um, And it got me thinking, Pez. got me thinking about (laughs) club tattoos, cricket tattoos in general, what they all mean. Have you seen many tattoos on club teammates? Interesting you say that. Because uh, I know when we discuss this off air, you know, mm-hmm. in our very formal pre-production meetings, yes. which is a couple, 
Okay, not to lift the hood too much. Yeah. You do have a few examples of this. Now, my first memory when you think when you talk to me about club cricket tattoos and stuff is mm. I sort of have a bit of a furrowed brow. But I remember it's it's more of a traumatic experience because the second grade captain of the one of the clubs I played at, who was also who also doubled as the circuit master. Okay. Not to be confused with the, the circus circuit master. master. Yeah, that's yes. right. Yeah. Uh, he used to always refer like and this is two. This is they both wrote top hat and the whip. Sort of two two thousand one to two thousand and five. Interesting. Okay. Now so that's just, that's a time in the uh, the the lifespan of the tattoo in the you know in the public sphere. Oh, it's just starting to come in. That's just right. starting to come in. Just on at the uh, you know the the short tail, the the top of it, mm. uh, and he would refer to tattoos as tough stickers. <laughs> Did he? Oh, he's got a couple of tough stickers, does he? Oh, he doesn't have and any. So, no, he's got, he no, he's got, he got a couple of tough stickers. Tough so stickers. It was, it I was, remember uh, tough stickers. Right, yeah, so I was kind yeah. of pointing out the yeah. superficiality yeah. of tattoos. So this was a kind of your, um, your, your like pre-millennium yeah. Australian male. Was who like, was like, so tough stickers also was like, sorry to interject, no. but tough stickers was just before you got those, like the family stickers on the back of the car. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, right. Not to, be, not to be confused. They can yeah. be confused sometimes. Yeah, here's my family and a dog. Exactly, and a dog, yep. Baby on board stuff. But... <laughs> yeah, so he he called them tough stickers. So it was actually like uh, you know it was it was a term of derision towards tattoos. So yeah. I steer clear because obviously I need to conform. Yeah. Uh, other things, you know, tattoo. I mean, obviously the Russian music duo. Of that's course. A issue. Yes. Uh, that's a real. Talking about bangers. That's uh, a banger. That's a real. That's a that's, banger. It remains what a banger. happened to them? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Pussy right stuff kind of yeah, had to go away because um, of the Putin stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked it up. Yeah. All the things she said. The absolute that's banger. That's a banger. That's a banger. Uh, you know, one of the great slaps. Yeah. Let, let, let's go into like the. Um, you know, the key tattoo wearer in Australia Please. in modern day parlance is Mitchell Johnson. Yeah. Um, the first thing I think about with Mitchell Johnson What's that? these days is that SAS show is on at the moment. Oh, yeah, that's, that's come right. out yeah. through our good friends at Channel 7. Good friends. Um, good friends. Very good friends at Channel 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to talk about Mitchell Johnson, though, in relation to that. I want to talk about Jackson Warren. Oh, yeah, okay, right. The King's Son's on the show. Now, have you seen, yeah. have you seen some of the images of this? No, I haven't. Of, no. of I've only King. seen the promos. Mate, I mean, he's a rooster. Is he's he? a man. I oh, know. I've seen. I've seen him. Yeah, he yeah, looks incredible. Him. Yeah, Jackson right. Warren. Uh, I, I don't think he's got any tattoos, but I tell you what, mm. in some of the uh, promo shots, those forearm jeans don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about safety. Really? I mean, I, oh, oh man, really? I was, he's a he's a real rooster. Okay, right. Good luck to him. Mm. He's being supported uh, earnestly by his dad, rightly mm. so. Mm-hmm. But. Mate, have a go at the forearms yeah, and right. try not to think about worn Cullen and mid-90s yeah. gear. Fuck yeah. It's really good. Just the final one on <laughs> tattoos on worn. A mate of mine has um, the number 708 tattooed on his bum cheek commemorating Warren's test wicket number. Of course. So that's that's a, that's a broad sort of conglomeration. I like it. I like it. Tattoo I played um, with a guy who is a friend and remains a friend despite this tattoo, but he played his club team. He got the emblem of that club um, tattooed on his ankle. In fact, now I think about it, I've played with and against two people who've got club cricket tattoos, which makes me think out there there's got to be heaps out there. So maybe – As a sample size, this, you're saying – as a sample size, yeah. So maybe if you listen to this or you're watching this on the internet, then uh, then maybe slide into the DMs and show us your club cricket tattoos of your friends, with consent, of course, because um, I want to see some. Because I've never had the connection necessarily that I'm like, yeah, this is the thing that I want in my body forever. But 
you know, who am I to judge? I thought about it then I just at, at one stage and around the time you're talking about, maybe sort of 05, 06, mm-hmm. people get a lot of uh, uh, Asian symbols on their mm-hmm. um, arms and stuff like that. Then I looked at my arms. I was like, this is never going to work. It's never going to work with this rig <laughs> Four arms in any way. Up. Yeah. And the hue of my skin. Because I was thinking work. I was thinking about like cricketers who go – because like the cricketers with tattoos, there's like Stokes, Coley, probably the, the two, the two like most infamous tattoos mm. with cricket. Mm. So there's like a, a, a correlation between cricketing ability – you know, being an icon and the tattoo itself. And there's like Chris Gale, Flintoff, McCullum, Malinga, all tattoos. Then, yeah, when you write, say, Michael Clark tattoos. Mitchell Johnson went through like an identity change where like he started to grow the mo. he got the sleeve tattoo and he's like, oh, now he's angry and became a better bowler somehow. I feel like Mitchell – but Mitchell Johnson was so like – not anti-cricket, but, like, he came in through side doors into cricket. Like, he was a guy who was, like, discovered in the He was a side He was a side yeah. as we've always said. He came to cricket, you know, when, you know, it was a chapel or once someone just saw him bowl a rod mark. Dennis Lilly. Dennis Lilly saw him He's bowl. He's a once-in-a-generation right. bowler. Yeah. Get him into the 19 side. All the parents are angry. He didn't, didn't go through any of the any mm. stuff. Turned up with a Metallica T-shirt and a, and a mullet, <laughs> you know. So I, yeah. you can pay that. You yeah. can pay that. He's, an, he's that anti-cricket establishment. Well, Siddle probably had the most famous Australian tattoo. He had the big one. He's got the big Southern Cross on his back. Mm. That's before Siddle went through his um, his his identity change. Now, he's mm. got the peroxide hair, the new teeth. Platinum blonde. Great. Yeah. yeah pl- sorry, platinum blonde. Mm. Platinum blonde. And, you know, it's working for him. Mm. I like it. But I, I wonder when he got his Southern Cross tattoo, you know, because it's obviously Wood got cer- certain connotations, Southern Cross tattoos. I've got a, friend, a very good friend of mine has a Southern – oh, no, does he have a Southern Cross? He didn't get one. He was going to get one. There was a time – and correct mm. me if I'm wrong out there, listeners, but there was a time when the Southern Cross tattoo was not aligned with essentially, uh, you know, mm. alt-right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was, yeah. 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 But that sort of changed. Yeah. Remember the Cronulla Wright's time, uh, I reckon? Yeah. The yeah. flag started to appear down the yeah. beach, that kind of gear. Yeah. I started to think, Pez, about like which cricketers in history would have been would have looked good with ink because this is all nice. like very new age, you know. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking, you know, Lily with like a neck tattoo, yeah. like a dragon. Net, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, dragon. Well, I think like, I like Richie, Richie Benno would have had oh. like a heart with like mum inscribed across. Oh, really? That kind of stuff. That's prison stuff, isn't uh, it? <laughs> well, you know, let the listener out the side. You know, Bradman with the leg piece that said, don't fucking bowl there, champ. Yeah, I suppose. So. <laughs> Have you not thought about this? No, 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 it hasn't <laughs> crossed my mind. You said that. I mean, say that about the late Dean Jones, out of respect as well, mm-hmm. not to bowl on his pads. As good he, point, as, as he said, to good kids point. in the nets. Good point. Um, now, Pez, let's get into the things that are happening in the cricket. Um, and I, I say this, and I have not um, talked about you in any way, so this could come out of the blue. But uh, there was an article last night uh, that uh, Pete Lola was involved in. Yeah. Um, about the Australia India situation and the CIA having a crisis meeting today, yeah. which is Monday. As we go to air. As we go to air. Right now. Um, which we weren't invited to. About the Queensland government today uh, over Indian players having to quarantine in Brisbane. So the situation is that players would have to quarantine for 14 days and they wouldn't be able to train. Any positive COVID test would mean that the whole group would need to quarantine again. So the Indian players and families are flying to Dubai where they'll meet with the Australian IPL players, which would be Smith, Cummins, uh, Warner, Maxwell. Maxwell, all those guys. And there's a flight's being chartered to Brisbane from there. And then there's also an interesting part of the story where Virat's wife, Anushka Sharma, um, Bollywood star, obviously, uh, who's pregnant and due in January. So it's unclear if she'll be able to come. And that actually could be critical for the tour in terms of like the families coming over and all that, all that sort of gear. Now, on top of that, Pez, there's obviously a Queensland election which seems mm-hmm. to be quite uh, pivotal in Queensland's management of, you know, borders being open and quarantine and stuff. That's happening on October 31, so they're very unlikely to change, yeah. I'd imagine, before then. On top of that, Pez, um, nowhere in the world has more COVID cases than India, with 7.5 million COVID cases reported, mm-hmm. 115,000 deaths. So things are good. Gabba, first test, what do we do, bat? 
Yeah, that's right. Have I mean, a stick? Yeah. I don't really understand any of that detail, but just... Like, <laughs> are we batting? <laughs> and if we're not, yeah. then surely the incumbent government, if they're responsible for that, gets thrown out. I would now, think so. That's part of the election. I, you know, in my own politics, I tend to lean towards the, you know, the health approach over the economic approach. They do conflate. They yeah. do. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But uh, if it if it costs, you know, comes with a new pill. That's a good point. It's a good <laughs> point. first change, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Get these well, bumps at the front door. Uh, yeah. It, 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 it's funny. This this issue of scheduling, which can be quite a dry issue for yeah. an entertainment show, um, mm. does seem to be bubbling away a little bit, though. You know, you, sometimes you can read the tea leaves, read between the lines on things people are saying. Obviously, a lot of these decisions about the scheduling and whatever are happening at levels of government where there's a lot of secrecy, rightly so, and stuff. But there's a few journos that seem to be on this case a little bit. Things don't, you know, we still don't have a schedule yet. Mm. There is a hold up. Mm. There's now a little bit of back and forth between what Cricket Australia is saying and what the government is saying or mm. isn't saying. It isn't lining up. And it might, um, it's starting to get a little bit close with yeah. this kind of stuff. We don't know when the games are starting and who's going where. Yeah. The players aren't, uh, obviously, you know, there's no um, secrecy around that as well. I mean, mm. players don't really know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Uh, once again, uh, you know, who's got the new pill at the Gabba? Basically, mm. Mm. so there's there's supposed to be a few ODI, ODIs and then some T20s that India are playing against mm. Australia um, before that Test series starts. But it is it is getting close. They're all going to come straight from the IPL. So, um, but yeah, I mean, this show isn't really going to go into the X's and O's of how to get players quarantined. We're not and in training. charge of that. I did, I did note that in that piece from Law, yeah. from Lawler, um, somebody else helped him with that as well. Sorry, I missed their name. But, um, right. Uh, there was the classic uh, comparison with AFL. I think yeah, Queensland have said, so. well, as always, yeah. you don't actually understand what's happening in cricket unless I didn't you put it in an AFL it. context, yeah. Yeah. okay? Uh, so apparently they said, look, if you can find a resort arrangement as the AFL so successfully did, <laughs> right. you will then be able to train, et cetera. Yeah. But as it stands, yeah. you don't have that arrangement. CA has submitted some detailed stuff, but it's not. Yeah. Look, at the end of the day, CA just has to do what they've always done, which is Copy AFL. Yeah, and bow down to the BCCI. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever they want to do. We asked James Sutherland this years ago, yeah. do you get champed by the BCCI? Yes, he yes. grumbled. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What was the deal with the MCG? They moving some turf from the MCG to the Gabba? What was that about? Well, you know, the AFL grand final is this, uh, is this weekend and it's mm. not at the hallowed MCG turf. Mm. It's at the Gabba for right. the first time possibly ever. Right. Uh, well, it is the first time ever at the Gabba. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, just because it's been a tough time for Victoria, it has it was decided. I think it was satirically put forward by Roy and HG on the ABC that they move a part of the MCG <laughs> so that Victoria can feel part of it. And a week or so later, Gil McLaughlin said, yep, we're going to truck up a bit of the MCG because, you know. <laughs> Podcast, eh? It's a normal show. It's a normal <laughs> sport. Well, Pez, let's, um, I want to stay with that scheduling theme. Okay. But stay with me here because, yeah, you're right. It's not that interesting. But Well, it's not that funny, but, uh, you know. Um, now, Australia is supposed to be playing in two different series in two different continents at the same time. They're supposed yeah. to be playing a test series in South Africa. This yep. is in February, March. Yep. And they're supposed to be playing a T20 series in New Zealand at the same time. Justin Langer, not so happy about this. Mm-hmm. He's saying, well, how are we going to take 36 players out of the shield? Presuming he takes 18-man squads to both of those. But it does create a bit of an overlap and that it's happened before it has happened but maybe a few years ago it happened before where australia playing tests and odis maybe in two different countries at the same time how do you feel about this i've heard what everybody said about this mate 
you know, like, and Langer was really strong on it. He says he understands what's going on, but he thought we were one country. And mm. like he puts it in the rhetorical, we're one country, aren't we? Mm. Like, well, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> Not wrong so there. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, it depends where Dublin is. Well, West Australia tried to succeed and then yeah, Queensland. No. limited. <laughs> West Australia. That's separate. He's from WA, so I don't know. That's a good um, point. Well, yeah, okay, maybe in that context. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, maybe this is where Michael needs to get to go. Mm. Uh, look, uh, we have to make some exceptions in the COVID environment. And mm. uh, look, I've been pretty steadfast in saying this for a long time. I wouldn't mind two teams playing at the same time because we get the novelty of new faces in the Australian kit, okay? So grade cricket is especially aware of this phenomenon. It's kind of like um, playing threes and skipping a grade to play ones because twos are, play, you know, uh, are in the grand final or yeah, in the yeah. semis, yeah. okay? So yeah. this is this is exactly the same thing. Yeah. So we get to see a few third-grade equivalents yeah. play in the Australian side. So you let's drops, have... You get dropped in the Australian team. Okay, and let's presume for a second, we'll do the flip, in a, in a sec, but let's presume that they're going to prioritise a test match team over the T20 side. Yeah, we'll Is see. that the right thing to do? We'll see. Not sure. Yeah. Well, the trends are going. Yeah. Okay. Let's prioritise the T20s against New Zealand that we'll all forget. Um, <laughs> but this, this might pave the way for your Josh Philippes, your Riley Merediths, your Daniel Sams, etc. New faces, new skills, new mm-hmm. things to talk about mm-hmm. on this show beyond scheduling. Mm-hmm. I'm for it. It's fine. I think uh, I like life it. will go on. As we know, Pez, sport is not about winning and losing. It's about True. what we can watch at the end of the night mm. when I'm eating Uber Eats. Mm. That's what it's about. It's it's. Um, I, I like the idea of watching a test match, you know, at night whilst having just watched a bit of warm-up with the 220 New Zealand. Fuck yeah, I'm up for mm. that. Get some new faces. See mm. Australia win t- twice in the same day mm. or lose. Either one's funny. It doesn't matter how many times they're on as long as they're winning and, mm. and there are good numbers next to their names mm. and I just feel uh, ref- like I'm basking that reflective glory. Arsene Wenger's promoting a book at the moment and he was okay. talking about he was in the course of that book. <laughs> actually, Miguel Delaney said he's read the book and nothing was more interesting than him actually talking about this point. It's a, he's saying that sport is art uh-huh. and it's just like it's just something to look at, isn't it? It's just nice for the eyes to look at. It's just entertainment. It's just, you know, you've said in the past, it's a Netflix show. It's a Netflix mm. series. It's a TV show. It's sports it's a TV show. It's sports a TV show. It's, it's, it's a business. It's entertainment. It's a product. Now, sports. it's interesting when, like, it gets to the point because, like, it's you, – you become, like – it's a thing that you love and you do it for enjoyment all the way up into the professional realm mm. and then it's like, oh, no, this is actually now not for me anymore and for me to achieve my dreams. It's now for advertisers to make money around it. Mm. It's on the shelf. You've got to take it – it's a supermarket. You exactly. go and pick it off and you purchase it. It's weird. Okay. Must be weird. A cereal it, box, Aaron yeah. Finch, all that. You're just buying. You're buying cereal. <laughs> it's a product. It's like, you know. It's now, a, what would Aaron Finch be if he was a cereal? Sort of a country crunchy cornflakes kind of. What is it? All brand. See that video of him vaping the other night? No, I didn't. It was it, during a run chase in the IPL. He was vaping like <laughs> like a 52 year old uh, concerned over a run chase. Yeah, you know, right. In fourth grade. Yeah, fuck a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Look, you know, you know how it is with sport. Like a couple of overheads, you know, as a product sold on mass. Uh, right. It's entertainment, bite yeah. size. Yeah. So crowd noise, you know, crowd noise is just as, as you were going to mention later. The crowd noise, this fake crowd noise they're putting over in the IPL or in the football. It's just uh, that's part of the product, you know. It's yeah. So we can live in a hyper reality, not real reality. It's, it's selling escapism. There was an, uh, now you said that there was a uh, some philosopher in the states. It was a university backed uh, research project, yeah. and it's fifty percent. Um, his findings are there's a fifty percent chance we're living in simulated reality, <laughs> which is some real Joe Rogan shit. But it's yeah, like yeah. I fucking like that. Now the it, crowd noise. It, go on. No, I just I was going to say like uh, pretty non committal to sit on fifty percent. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's is fifty it? fifty literally. Oh, right. You know, could be any <laughs> other number. It's like oh, yeah. okay, he's done a bit of research here. Yeah, that costs ten point four billion dollars. <laughs> is it? It's about fifty fifty. Could man. be. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Can't say it is or not. <laughs> well, it's sort of six of one, half dozen yeah. the other, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the uh, that that 
I don't like the crowd noise because yeah. it's 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 inauthentic. It's mm. not real. It's like now I like watching the football, for instance, with the crowd noise off because I can hear the players talking. I don't. I love it. Too. I don't like the I, like watching the shield the other day. It's more relatable actually. I yeah. want to like turn the stunt mics up if you have to yeah. make that like bat on ball contest more. I want to hear a, a fucking wagon driving past the ground. Mm. You know, I like that stuff. I don't like it's the real. fakeness. It's real. I don't like the thing of like oh, I rem- like someone's hit a six. I remember that usually just when the crowd noise gets stimulated mm. into my brain. I don't like mm. that. I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, but this is the thing with sport being a product, isn't it? Here? Yes. It's like uh, it, we just we just we want it to lie to us, you know. Uh, people have said sports an opiate, like, uh, and mm-hmm. really, as grade cricketers, we should know that, uh, you know, we must lie to cope. Yeah. When it comes to sport, you know, I'm only mm-hmm. a few knocks away from from, from that spotting twos. Yep. Uh, you know, that first grader looked me in the eye. He must <laughs> like me. You know, crowd noise is more lies. It's fake news. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like the fake. Enforce laughter on this show. Yeah, that's right. The laugh <laughs> you know? trucks. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. I, I do like the quiet aesthetic. You know, I think it's real. Um, just just very quickly, Pez, in the last – I mean, there's a round of Sheffield show games start. going on. But um, Michael Nisa, Justin Langer said on Michael Nisa, mm. he's a fine cricketer. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets an opportunity with the Australian cricket team soon, probably because there's 36 players going to play for Australia. <laughs> Everyone's going to go. Everyone's going to get a game. Nisa's first cover the rank. People are saying Nisa needs to play. Why? Why does he need to play? Well, he's scoring runs and taking wickets, hey, which good is player. good. And this is part of Australia. And look, I want to clarify some comments last week. I, I, I fear for Nisa. I fear for him because he doesn't Same. seem to, uh, you know, despite runs and wickets and also a wonderfully rugged face, yeah. I should say. Good looking guy. Really good, good looking, looking guy. Putting a Cooper on that. Hello. <laughs> RM Williams. Fuck exactly. yeah. Kidding me? Last <laughs> bit of chinos. Watching the Wallabies. Fuck yeah. I just want to clarify <laughs> that like, I fear for him because he doesn't appear to have the, the sort of Space Jam weaponry of I the agree. I had the same thought. You know, despite the runs and wickets. Yep. Now, but th- this is good. And f- before we get into it, I like Langer's use of the adjective fine as well. He's a fine player. It's a safety thing. It's a sort of adjective like Alan yeah. McGilvray would have used, yeah. you know, as a fine cricketer, Bradman, a fine player. Mm. And and this is Justin Langer very slowly and masterfully just turning the wheel back to the 90s, which is what we want, just starting to use some of the old parlance. 100%. I noted he also said, Langer, you know, he wants to see that kind of cutthroat selection battle that was a marker of his time mm. when he played. Yeah, there were some other bad things that happened at that time, but yeah. let's not worry. Let's Cross that bridge yep. when we come to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's try and cross it. I don't mm-hmm. think it's impossible. But uh, <laughs> let's forget for a second that I count at least three or four players in the current Australian side that are probably a double failure away from being under the microscope. There'd be about three or four yeah. in that side probably. where others could come in. Um, but I don't really care about that because Lang has taken us back to the to the glory years through the use of these adjectives, through um, contrived selection battles, mm-hmm. through not giving Michael Neeser a game because he's not you know he's getting all the runs and wickets, but he's not. Space Jam runs and wickets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, now can you see our entitlement's returning? Yes. Getting that, and that's yes. what we want. We've always wanted this entitlement. Yes. Um, maybe Nisa will get a game when there's five sides playing at once. Maybe. Um, let's let's talk about the glory years, Pez. The glory years yeah. being like maybe between 1960 and 1990, somewhere between that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want to talk first and foremost about Michael Vaughan's Instagram. What's going on there? Because he's, oh, he's heading full Brexit. Glory years, right, he's, I see. Because, I mean, he did a thing. He, he posted something on Instagram which has since been deleted and it was a picture of, a, of, of um, Spitfire um, planes and it said, the clocks go back this weekend. I'm setting mine to 1940 when this country last had some bollocks. It's a good point. That was like the meme content and then he sort of endorsed it underneath with his caption, right? Like I don't know what the caption was. I yeah. just saw it. I mean he's posting that and I think he was doing it sarcastically. Yeah. Yeah. He's 
He's um. Do we call Do we call Vaughn friend of the show? I mean, he's been he's on the been show. On. Yeah, he's been on. He's or are been, we distancing? He's been nice to him. Well, yeah. I distanced myself from his comments that the COVID the COVID is just the flu. Yeah, I would say that. I don't know, I'm more than distance. <laughs> <laughs> socially distance. Yeah, yeah, I'm socially so distancing myself from those comments. Sprint away from that. Like he's been nice to us, therefore he's a friend. And I hope he goes yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. They just said, oh, he was nice to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Well, um, yeah, Vaughn, Vaughn's, Vaughn's got that in his armour online, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. You know, I've never found a massive difference between dealing with him in person. He seemed like a very nice, like funny Charming person, he was, and then a couple of a couple of guys online, a couple of on a couple of online little plays from Vaughn that are a bit sort of like, hmm. yeah, hello, <laughs> what's this? Hello, boys. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit. Um, yeah, I. It, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, a, it's really, and just the glorif the glorification of war from the same people who tend to whinge about wearing masks. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like war, <laughs> war was great. War was great. Don't wear a mask. Okay. <laughs> Um, speaking of glory, is there's a story <laughs> with some KSB Crick Info a little while ago in, in reference to Dean Jones when Dean Jones uh, reported match fixing uh, in the 1980s, Pez. And he reported to Alan Border, who's, who's, um, who's, oh, it just goes to show how far we've come in the match fixing sphere and what is, is and isn't acceptable. Now, we've said before, cricket bad boys, um, you know, Mark Warren, Shane Warren, just, just giving some, just giving some, uh, just keep just giving some reports about the pitch and the lineup to you know bookie. Well, yeah, I thought that was all good. It's come for a long run with this. So so let's put this in context. There was, a lot, context? Of, there was a lot a lot of a lot of people running Alan Border's quotes this week about Tim Payne and right. running it incorrectly. Uh, Alan Border like apparently had said Australians don't you know won't take to a poorly performing captain and therefore all the pieces oh. said after that oh well Border thinks you know Payne might be on mm. the way out soon. It's not what he said. No, he, he, he he was actually saying Payne's doing really well and broadly speaking he'll need to keep doing well. There's no big news in that. All captains yeah. need to keep doing well. Yeah. And I just thought to myself that's not even Border's best quote this month. <laughs> yeah. And this came from um this came from a piece from Dan Bredig, friend of the show, mm. uh, who was that's a pretty good friend. Tell, yeah. T- yeah, definitely t- <laughs> telling um telling us like. Some stories about Dean Jones, uh, RIP, and one of them was around like an approach Dean Jones had. Uh, this is only a couple of years before the Mark Wall Shane Warne one. Just mm. regularly, this is 1992 in Colombo. Just normal stuff. This Manoj Prabhaka, Indian player, sets up this meeting. Um, so just pick this up here. So so Jones says, so I walk downstairs and he says, I want you to meet my friend John. And I say, so what do you want me to do? And he says, I just want you to tell me. Sometimes you have to, you, you have Craig McDermott bat at number four as a pinch hitter. What's your team? Who's likely to do well and who's likely not to do well? He wasn't telling me to fix anything. He just wanted knowledge. And I've gone, what's in it for me? And he brought up a cake tin and it had US $50,000 cash in it. <laughs> I was earning that in a year. Then he put the mobile phone on and said, you've got to ring me up when things are happening. And then it goes on, and, and I'll pick up the quote again. Jones says, I went and reported it to Alan Border and to Bob Simpson and Cam Battersby, our team manager, Jones said. And AB looked at me and said, if that's all he wanted, why didn't you take the money? There's nothing wrong. You do that on radio, I'll put it in a newspaper column. He made a good point. He said, he didn't ask you to get out or bat slow. And I said, no, he just wanted knowledge. I just don't think it's right, Alan. <laughs> and he, just to be clear, he, he didn't take the money, et cetera, yeah, yeah. Uh, according to Brady's story. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I just thought that was quite funny that, like, back then, early 90s, you know, you know, Jones has come up and, and, and said to his captain, look, you know, this guy wants knowledge from me in exchange yeah. for $50,000. And Borders like, you put that in the newspaper column. For your boots, mate. That's a great article. They don't pay anywhere near as much these days for that. 
Now, so for me, the big, eighty cents a word. For me, the big takeaway was you put the money in a cake tin. Usually, it's a mm. dodgy sports bag. Mm. When I've been match fixing, yes, you know, you put it in the sports locker. Yeah, at the train station, yeah, a bit more money in that one. Yeah, yeah more money anyway. in that. Yeah. Got to try and get AB on the show. That's true. Yeah. Hey, Pez, what's happening in the IPL? Pat Cummins scored some runs. Cummins blistering fifty to make up a three point one million dollar letdown. That's an article headline. Has <laughs> he done it? Great mates. Has he done it? Uh, I, I don't know. I like Colcutter Knight Riders gold helmets. You know what I've said about gold this? Like, what, what Fuck, I've said yeah. about this? He goes with the IPL. Like I'm looking for great great cricket prisms. I'm looking for yeah. great cricket narrative over yeah. this. Okay, here's a deal. Overnight, uh, Kings Eleven pulled jab won a double. Um, yeah. What do you what do you call it? What double you call super it? over. Double super over against Mumbai. Double who the, Yeah. Kings not going that well. Good. Good stuff, right? Chris mm-hmm. Gales involved. Who, who, okay. Good yep. gear. Um, I want the grey Krieger stuff. So here's, here's a few things I've picked up this yep. week. Um, digits, okay, there's three digits. You can have three digits on your IPL shirt. Mm-hmm. Someone wrote to me, makes me physically ill. Yeah. I have to agree. Great. Uh, and, and another one. Um, so you would have seen a clip, he goes, and listeners would have seen a clip of uh, pre-match warm-up. Oh, yeah. Royal Challengers, Bangalore. Yeah, Tom Coley. Virat Kohli right. on the deck and uh, thrusting his knees, legs, and hips around in a semi-choreographed movement. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to just a few comments about this. Now, this is what he did, Virat Kohli, you know, the greatest player going around at the moment, mm-hmm. according to most people. Not me. No, he's a middling player for you. <laughs> um, far more demonstrative than anything that would be accepted at grade cricket. Again, trying to overlay, mm. you know, the IPL with grade cricket. Mm. Um, he seemed to be doing some sort of dance. Like he, and he, he seemed to – I just want to comment on this dance. Like he seemed to know this dance, but did he know it too well? Mm. Did he know this dance too well? It's mm. a tough balance being a bloke doing a choreographed dance. Mm-hmm. Real tough, you know, like you – and things that, you know, views are changing on this kind of gear. Well. But he had really frightening fast twitch. Because I, I – I, I'd be moved to say, Virat, hmm. that's just starting to get in a little bit of like you've been practising that dance for about three days and I'm not sure about it. But then you just see the pace of his legs and you, you can't help but admire it. I have to – okay, a few things to pick up there for me, Pess. <laughs> a few thoughts. Coldy's rig at the moment is in top nick. is in great shape. Is in lean? Gra- is, it's a, is it's in, a, it's is a lean great, rig. Great nick. Forearms looking good. Got some good vascularity. Yeah, um, he's vascular. In the forearms. But, you know, he's probably in lockdown, so he's probably doing some stuff. Um, okay. You want to expand on that? No. Nah. And I feel like um, Coley can – he's in that – I worry about Virat. And okay. I think it's because like, he's – Like with Nisa? No, like with Bieber in that he's he's <laughs> too big for <laughs> – <laughs> Because he's too big that he can't be taken down. And oh. I don't think he's got people – I don't think he's got Sorry good – I don't think he's got good people in his ear to be like – I don't right. know if that's your play. That's enough. Because I've – Because Zorba's in that team. I don't think Zorba's got the social capital. Yeah. I don't think Zamba's got the capital to is be like – Is he thinking it? Is I've, he looking at that guy? No, I've got you about mm. seven times. Yeah. Remember those legs a little fast when you're dancing down the feet to me, championship. Yeah. Yep. I just, you know, if Rack can do what he likes, but, you know, he can't be taken down. No one can say anything bad about him because that's the end of your career if you do that. So you're disapproving of that kind of movement? I mean, you're looking at that on second grade. You're a captain of second grade, Gordon. Yeah, Virat's coming through the ranks, and you see that kind of warm up. Mm. Are you thinking I'm not going to say anything because it's goalie? This this kid's going to be something, or are you, are, you, are you thinking? No, well, if he's younger than me, automatically I'm thinking you better score double thun today. You've been mm. threes next week. Mm. Yep, championship. And and privately you're thinking hell of a lot of fast twitch there. Wish I had that. Fuck, good rig, real good rig. Vascularity. What's his stick? Two nine. It's like two ten. 
It just goes to show, I mean, it's, uh, you know, so you can find grade cricket levels everywhere with the IPL. Yes, Another one, another tweet yesterday speaking of uh, unlikely or incongruous overlapping of uh, cultures. Let's see where it's going. Okay, it's from um, Alexander Campbell, and he says, and I'll I explain see. who Alexander is shortly. Uh, he goes, I was walking down the corridor at the Royal Opera House last week, and a fellow dancer says, how's it going, champ? I nearly turned round and started throwing hands, but composed myself, went to the dressing rooms and changed all my cardio sessions to upper body. And I was like, who's this bloke? Yeah, I had a look as well. <laughs> Alexander Campbell is principal dancer with the Royal Ballet in the UK, trained at the Royal Ballet School. Just, and then I saw when I looked him up, and he's written this to us apropos yeah, of nothing. He's, just, he's getting champed at the ballet. Yeah. He has to change his session <laughs> to go and do upper body. Two things. I'm going to start throwing hands. Yeah. I'm going to start knocking this bloke yeah. out. And I'm going to go, I was going to do cardio, but now I've got to do upper body yeah. exclusively yep. because this guy champed me. Yep. There was an article running on the side of his um of his bio in, in the Telegraph. Mm-hmm. And this, this guy's this is guy's king ballet dancer. King. Uh and, and the headline in the Telegraph was paywall, was giving up cricket was a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It just follows you everywhere. It doesn't really matter what you do. Can't escape it. Anyway. You ever so been to the ballet? I have once or twice. Yeah. Unbelievable athleticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is unbelievable. Hell yeah. I mean, talk about rigs. Yeah. Fuck me. That's I once went to, to rigs. I went to the ballet, yeah. uh, the opera house, and then yeah. later that day went and watched um, Manly Warringah play the West Tigers. Fuck, like what a, a day out that, that is. Walk with kings, not lose a common touch. <laughs> I got range, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Do you, mate? Do you, mate? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's the IPL. That's the IPL. What, is there anything else going on in the IPL? Maxwell struggling? Know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, well, what's, what, what's a hands. Maxwell? What is it? What is yeah. it? Well, that's the point. Yeah. Exactly. That's what he wants that's you to the, think. That's what he wants you to think. All of a sudden. I'm pretty sure I got served um, a Glenn Maxwell Facebook uh, account from 2010 yesterday. Oh, yeah. We're talking yeah. about that. Yeah. 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 Look it up. It's called Manwell. <laughs> Just released I think it's Maxwell. Yeah. Maxwell okay. pretty big. Yeah. Pez, we've got uh, Manus Labouchain on the show, but before then, before we want to um, get into that, yeah. um, Heather Knight, captain of the England women's team, as, yeah. you, as you well know, uh, she's coming out here for the WBBL, and she was- She's out. She's, she's out she, yeah, she's right yeah. out here. Um, she was quoted as saying uh, that she thinks that all players should be taking knee before all games this season, the WBBL, that was run in the Sydney Morning Herald, amongst other publications, mm. and I can guarantee that I reckon 95% of people listening to this show have not heard that about it at all, and yeah. it's like- Captain of the England women's team are coming out here, WBBL. Yeah, we should be taking a knee before all games. It was super interesting. I, I saw that piece, even tweeted about it afterwards, and I just thought it was really interesting how quiet that comment went. Like it, it, it was almost completely unremarked upon that like the captain of the England women's team was suggesting or trying to coalesce people mm-hmm. to take the knee as some of her colleagues had, both men and women, back in England. Mm-hmm. And she said it wasn't as though it was something where people could say, well, you can't appropriate that from the UK over to Australia. Heather literally said, I, I think we should do this. I just watched the final quarter about Adam Goods. Right. And I think there's every reason to do it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't put words in her mouth. Just read the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, uh, yeah, just just nothing. Just no, no talk, nothing on social, <laughs> you know. And you just wonder, I'm not saying it's the case, you just wonder if it's this, again, that classic Australian ability to just – just put that on the old cover there. No, 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 the old rug. Don't talk about that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gene yeah. Nice, a fine player. Very, <laughs> he's a fine player. Two teams there. Uh, so this is strange. I the mean, England women played a series against the West Indies at the same time that Australia were playing against New Zealand, mm-hmm. and they would uh, all the the players in all that series mm. uh, took a knee is as well. And it's just like, it's just such a small gesture, which is just so 
inoffensive and, and if you're triggering people, you're triggering the wrong kind of people who shouldn't even be associated with the game in any way at all. And Aaron Finch before that uh, England series was like um, – We don't want symbolic – we don't want symbolic gestures. Yeah, education is the way forward. And, and that's – I don't even think Aaron Finch would even believe that. If he sounds like it was a fed line yeah. that he needed to say that as a as a statement um, representing Australian cricket. But um, it, you know, like education starts with like just an awareness and like just having the conversation beforehand, or even just recognizing that symbol, which is just so. I mean, you see it for the Premier League games, mm. it's like five seconds to mm. take a knee, and it just raises awareness for mm. it from that moment, and it just becomes part of the conversation. Then you can start learning about things, and it's just I don't know why. I think it, I think Heather is absolutely and completely right. Well, it should happen before every game. Put it this way, like, we're not coming out calling for it on the show right now, but if I woke up tomorrow morning and learned that WBBL players had decided to do it off the back of Heather Knight's leadership, mm. I'd feel good. It'd yep. be good. Um, what is interesting about this is that it didn't even spark a conversation. I mean, I was even half expecting, right. you know, a, a silent majority online to, like, um, completely pan it. Or, 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 or yeah. Yes, legend, yeah. say no, but... Even more possibly insidious is the classic Australian ability to just uh, go, what? Mm. Oh, yeah. Straight over the shoulder, what? Mm. Nisa's a fine player. Mm. And, and just be completely forgotten as that was – or just ignored as that was never said. I mean, I think – look, Heather, just, just for fairness and balance, Heather said I, my understanding is that there's going to be some um, some commemoration or symbolic – Ritual around um, Indigenous Australians. So before that New Zealand series, that's what yeah. we're doing. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Should be done every game. Yeah. Love that. But this idea that, like, it's not um, symbols, it's education that matters is uh, is the premise is wrong. Both matter. And often symbolism leads to education right. and vice versa. Right. And so I just thought it was interesting that there didn't seem to be any opinion profit about it. Mm. Afterwards, from anybody online or otherwise, would mm. love to. I'd love to know mm. Cricket Australia's position on it, on taking a knee, and others as well. But it it it, deser- it, it begs the question. Hundred percent, Pez couldn't agree more. Now we've got Manus on the show. Second time he's been on. Can I say one thing about Manus before we talk to him? Talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Now, yeah. overnight, he represented. He played grade cricket. He played grade in the cricket, final, first grade, grade final, one day final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and like all really good players, guess how he did. He got found out, didn't he? He got found out. He made two from five deliveries. He was dismissed by S. Heel. Now, I don't even know if I'm saying this bloke's name correctly. I don't know what his first name is. His name should be S. Heel. Yeah. Uh, um, because that's great cricket. And it just goes to show, you know, I looked up his my cricket minus love is shame. I'll tell you what, his average on my cricket is almost half his desk cricket average. Really? What does that say about great cricket? Fuck me. There yeah. you go. Strong comp up there. Yeah, just, it's, really, it's really good competition. So to those who look down the nose of great cricket, well... Enjoy, Manus. Hello, hello. My goodness. Lily really did ask for that, and that's really very silly. And we very nearly had ourselves a fight on the ground. In return for speaking to me on a handful of occasions, he offered me $6,000, which I accepted. I walked up to him and I said, uh, how are you bowling your underarms? I said, I don't know. He said, well, you're just about to find out, aren't you? He gave me $5,000 and in return he spoke to me on several occasions for pretty routine questions like what the pitch was like, what the weather conditions were.
he goes, uh, since this man's test debut in October 2018, mm-hmm. um, he's been the most prolific run scorer in test cricket. All right. Nearly 1,500 runs at 63. Let's make that 65. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> men's test player of the year in Australia. Uh, one of Wisdom's five cricketers of the year. Um, we obviously never doubted that from the start. Uh, you can check the record on that. Yep. Uh, at the live shows especially. And... Um, <laughs> Now he's headed for another bubble. Uh, Manus Labuschagne, pleasure to have you on the show again. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on, guys. It's, uh, it's always good fun talking to you guys. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Manus, uh, great cricketers, as you know, have unrealistic goals. It's kind of part of the ritual of being a great cricketer, you know. Um, the season started now many months ago. Players would have sat down. They would have gone to their culture sessions, yep. you know, whiteboards, etc. And they would have set lofty goals. Lofty yeah, what, goals. Are you, what are your goals for the year? They would have put it up in front. And for many, it would have been, uh, you know, 800 runs and 40 wickets mm-hmm. for the year, despite having never shown the potential mm-hmm. to even do that. Yep. Um, are you a goal setter? And, and if so, can you give us an idea of your goals for this summer? Um, look, I'm actually, that's actually an interesting question you bring up. Because um, I'm not a big fan of goal setting at all, actually. Um, um, because I've had two instances. I'll give you two examples um, where, where I did it. Uh, I went to England in 2013, and I said to myself, oh, you know, I want to get 200 this season, um, you know, and the bowling was always an added extra, you know, so well, how many ever wickets, but, you know, I want to get 200. And um, played the first first game, I got 130 not out. I was like, oh, good, good start. Played the next game, got 130 not out. And then didn't get a hundred for the rest of the time I was there. Job done. <laughs> so tick the boxes and, early. And 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 what I realised with that is because subconsciously when you set that goal, you then when you achieve the goal, it doesn't matter how much you convince yourself that it's not enough. Before you came, that's what you thought to yourself. So all of a sudden, I felt myself. You know, I, I didn't get a hundred. Got a couple of eighties and a couple of seventies, but I didn't get another hundred for the rest of the. 16 league games we played that season. Mm. And I said to myself, I was like, I'm not going to do that again because just, you just restrict yourself in what you could potentially achieve mm. rather than achieving, you know, above and beyond. You know, it's the same thing. If someone asked me, oh, you know, what was your goals for last summer? There's no way I could have predicted that, that I was going to get 400s and a, uh, 300s and a double hundred. Mm. Well, if you saw New Zealand's lineup for the last test, maybe. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> That's harsh. It's kind of like that quote, you know, shoot for the moon even if you miss your land among the stars, which is a silly quote because, like, stars is much harder to achieve than the moon. Yeah. Yeah. Star, even if you miss, it's literally yeah. no one's ever been to the stars before. Mm. Uh, so anyway. Yeah. And then you land in exactly. the star, then you burn up, so it doesn't yeah. make any sense. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Light years away, you can't make it back. <laughs> Minus, no, just, you're spot on. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, you know, like uh, you're currently maybe, – maybe you don't want to talk numbers, but um, you would be aware that you average 63.4 in test cricket. Sure. And there's a lot of anom- anomalies around stats and whatever, and Vogue just had minimum 20 innings, so now he's, you know, in the top five averages of all time or right. whatever. Right. Um, many people would say, especially at the sides of their mouths and the members' bars of, you know, Sydney and, you know, Brisbane, Melbourne and, and places, stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, 63.4, it's going to come down. You know, it'll come down. But I wonder with you, you know, just the way you're talking, is there is it? Is that 63.4 going to come down? Or, you know, is, is that the way you're thinking about it? Uh, absolutely not. I, I, I want it to go up. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for me, that's about finding ways to, to keep scoring runs. And I think that comes back down to that limitations and, you, you know, not putting any of those limitations on yourself about what you can achieve. 
you know, at the end of the day, if it comes down, it comes down. If it goes up, it goes up. But you've got to find the process to actually achieve, to try and keep it as high as you can and score as many runs as you can and win as many games as you can for Australia. I think that's got to be the primary goal. I think once you get into, you know, the, the, the finer details of statistics, it becomes hard to, you know, you've just got to keep making your processes the part that you really worry about, about how you're batting, what you're trying to do, and then the rest sort of come as a result of that. Honestly, you're obviously very process-driven, but you're also a hard worker because I've been following you on Instagram closely for a number of years now. But I've seen you doing lots of hard work in the backyard with slips catching. In the back, you know, I mean, first of all, let the listeners what the setup is in the backyard. Yeah, look, I, I always people always ask me about this. Actually, I think Starkey asked me, or, you know, what are you going to do over the weekend? And I, um, when we balls. came out of quarantine, I said, oh, I'm probably going to pop down and watch probably the first couple of hours of grade cricket on mm. Saturday. He was like, you're joking. I said, no, I'm, I'm being genuine. I'll probably go watch, you know, watch my best mate. He's, he's opening the bowling. Go watch him bowl and then, uh, yeah, I'll maybe go home and just relax. I don't know. Come up with some things to do. But I think there's that genuine part where there, there, there's two parts for it for me. You know, professional cricket is the part that that, that is your job. But you never want to forget the reason why you, you actually played cricket as a kid. Um, and, and that's sort of the part I really love, you know, when you come home and you're playing a bit of garage cricket or backyard cricket or coming up with different games as you would have when you were a kid about, you know, there was still like some really good elements of training within that, but you never did it because you're like, Oh, I want to train my catching. You did it so you could get that perfect nick off the stumps or you did it so you could get bowl that perfect ball and, and, and nick your mate off and have your other mate catch it as a wicket keeper. You know, they're, when they're, they're the times in the backyard where you're like, you know, they're the moments that you talk about. Mm. Um, so you never want to forget that because I think once you forget that and it becomes real job-orientated, you lose the love of the game. Mm. You're, uh, it, it's Redlands, isn't it? Redlands is your grey club in Queensland, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so when Marnus Labuschagne comes down to grey training, I mean, what's – I mean, are you talking to fifth graders? You know, you're on your baggy green down there. Like, what's the – you know, are they asking for bats? What's what's going on when Marnus turns down to, to Redlands training? Um. When I come to Redlands training, um, oh look, I've always got a sidearm and a, probably a new ball. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't sidearm to the. I'm happy to sidearm for hours to you, but if I don't have a new ball, you won't be seeing me do the hard yards with the sidearm. That's for sure. <laughs> so you're trying you to walk into my net. It's a challenge net. You know, it's one of those coaching sessions where you go, oh, you know, we're really looking to challenge you today and swinging it both ways, <laughs> nipping it with a brand new juke. Under lights, so you got a red juke under lights. They can't see it, but that's not my concern. <laughs> Mate, just, just cuff it out, grind it out. Um, no, so yeah, no, I, I, I really don't. I, I love going down to great training and talking to the boys. Like I said, I've, I've got a lot of mates there and a lot of friends that are that, that are playing at the club closely that, that I'm close friends with. And you know, I always, you know, if I've got some spare time and. Um, go down and you know sidearm to the boys or, or or bowl a few wobble scenes at them with a, obviously with a brand new juke. Mm, I'm not yeah. bowling with an old ball, that's no. for sure. Mm. Um, yeah, so no, I look. Yeah, there's heaps of that, and you know there, there is occasionally, especially the kids that um that I've coached um, since they were very young. Um, you know, we talk about batting, we talk about cricket, and about you know certain things they're facing now that I can relate to because you know I was in that same situation six, seven years ago. So, um, you know, just being able to give a little bit of wisdom and a bit of, 
you know, encouragement in those areas and, 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 and sort of give them the bigger picture rather than looking at it such um, – because I know when I was their age, you know, all I looked at was, you know, each weekend, you know, was like the World Cup. You know, you're like, I have to score 100 this weekend and then you didn't and then you didn't and then you didn't. So mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, just looking at a more big picture. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm so curious about what you said earlier about, you know, trying to remember or separate the professional part of cricket with loving the game. It just seems to be something that doesn't seem too hard for you. It seems to come very naturally, that love of the game, and you accentuate it. But obviously, from what you've said, it's something you think about and work on too. Like, how much of the professional game do you think makes it difficult to continue your love for it? I know that sounds really strange to say in one sentence, but we do the part of the joke of the great cricketer is that people end up becoming very jaded about the game because it can really wear you down and get you down. Like, do, do you observe that a lot among international and professional players that you play with? A lot of guys doing it for a job, and and how do you how do you keep your love for it? Um, well, I think for me personally, I have definitely not reached that stage yet in my career. You know, I I wake up and when it's training day, I'm excited. I was just saying to my wife, we're driving in a car and I just realised, geez, we got training. I got, I got a little top up session tomorrow. And I was like, geez, how good I get to go out of here tomorrow. Um, and, and, and just that, you know, genuinely going to training and having a hit, catching balls and, and bowling, you know, I don't see that as a, you know, as training. I just see that I'm going to, to play cricket. I'm going to do what I love. Um, but I mean, that doesn't mean that there's not elements, um, you know, over a long period of time where you do go, Today's a grind, you know, today's, you know, like a work day, if you know what I mean, you know, it's a flatty, you know, you're going to be in the field all day, you got to find things to amuse yourself, get the boys up. So I think that's the part where I think the game, the game can sometimes wear people down is, is, you know, the, the fielding and they can like, especially the schedule now can be very busy as well. But, um, you know, I mean, you just think about that element of, you know, when you, when I go to the beach or when I, when I when still want to go to the beach. My first thing I pack is a tennis ball and a tennis racket. Yeah, you know, I'm catching high balls in the water. You know, that's a that's a that's a that, that's like a that's a must. You know, but but you, you don't do that because you're like, oh, I'm going to train catching high balls. You just do that because it's fun. <laughs> Let's get ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we hear all the time about you know Steve Smith shadow batting in the hallways of hotels and stuff like that. I mean, are you the same? Can you like switch off from cricket as well? You have that same sort of compulsive, you know, obsession type thing about you know just just getting the technique right, feeling the bat in the hands. I mean, we've spoke, I've heard in the past about you being able to pick up, um, you know, your, your, your clubmates' uh, bats blindfold and know which bat you're holding, that sort of thing, which is insane for a start. Mm. Um, but I mean, can you can you switch off from it, or are you doing the same thing as as uh, as your close mate Smudge? Um, yeah, look, I mean, we probably have slightly different reasons for doing it. I, 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 he probably does it more from a technical and probably more thoughtful point of view where sometimes, you know, I'll pick up the bat and I'll just swing the bat in my room. There's always a bat in my room. I make sure of that. Mm. Um, and, and that's more just kind of letting my natural instincts take, you know, I think sometimes your best training elements are when you're not actually thinking about it because that means your subconscious is doing the work, not, not, not you. Um, you know, it's not like you're thinking about, you know, how I'm swinging. You just pick the bat up, tap mm. it, and have a few swings, and you put it back down. Um, but, yeah, th- there's definitely elements where I, I I find the best part, and this is what I always say to people, I can separate cricket as in when I walk out and, and, and you play for your club or your state or Australia. You can separate that with when I get home 
And, you know, we're, we're in the garage, you know, we set up a nice tough wicket with, you know, a few slips and you run in and you're bowling with the ball. The, like the seam is like the ball's been in the water and you've put it in the fridge and it's hardened up. It's that big. Um, taped up tennis ball with about 40 layers of strapping tape on it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that that's the part where I, I, I would say I don't get tired and, and I don't think they're the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I need a, you know, sometimes you can play, you know, you can have a big day, you know, spend the field, you have a big game and you have two days off. Like for me, the the two days off is for physical preparation so you can rest your body. Mm. But, you know, mucking around in the garage or doing, you know, having a bit of fun, doesn't matter what you're doing, if it's kicking a soccer ball in the backyard or doing that, you know, that stuff's ingrained in me, you know, just that fun element of of cricket, but also other sports as well. I just want to pick up on that, Manus. There's all this other stuff we want to talk about with India, but let's leave that alone and get into the important things. I mean, you talk about the separation between, you know, how you play in the backyard with mates and how you play for, say, Australia batting number three, et cetera, but, you know, or, or grade cricket. A lot of people would say they can't separate that at all. I mean, one of the great uh, conundrums or dilemmas of our time, if you're the cricketer in your family or in your friendship group or whatever, managing your way through a backyard match with family members who might be playing very casually, like a ritual on Christmas Day, Mm. can be difficult. You know, do you stand there and do you make 247, Mm. you know, off 80 balls and treat every ball on its merits regardless of whether it's your grandfather, your dad (laughs) or your six-year-old niece? Or do do you hit... Or do you hit catches, you know, and do you do that condescendingly to people so as to say to them, look, I do play cricket. I'm not even giving you what I'm able to do. I mean, when you, when you go out and bat at Christmas day, are you number three for Australia is what I'm saying. No, no. Yeah, definitely. Uh, If you, (laughs) if you rock up, if you, if you think you can come into the garage and just knock it about without trying, you're joking yourself. It's the conditions in the garage are that tough. I mean, if you get twenty, if you get twenty, you've, it's like scoring a hundred. <laughs> I mean, the ball is doing that much, plus some dubious umpiring, mm, yep. and you know. It, it, so, and I think that's, and I've always said this, but the best backyard game mm. is a game that's bowler friendly. Of course, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I've always said that. I've always said that. It, I mean, no one, honestly, no one wants to rock up. You know, you'd rather play four test matches, you know, two innings each, four test matches, than play one test match and one bloke rock up. Like a hundred, and you, no one's got time for that. You go and flat ball, you go into the bouncer, and uh, just pitch it up, bowl nice, just nip it around. It's good. It's, it's good for everyone. Do you still sort of dominate though with your mates? Yeah. Look, um, we do have some sort of uh, ranking. I don't have it here. We have a uh, garage cricket ranking. Oh, it's like system. top gear. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we, we, we genuinely. It's, it's actually. Um, my, my mate um, who's got a podcast called We Got the Chocolates. Um, they've talked about it a little bit on their podcast about our, um, about our rating of, mm. you know, you get a rating for bowling is key. And, and so when you play a test match in, in our garage, you know, it's three on three. Mm-hmm. So we got a, we got a group three on three and you have to bowl bat and keep. So you get rated in all three facets of the game. Um, so, you know, we got a few guys that are, you know, dominant in the bowling department. But you know the batting departments where you really get separated, and then we got um, we got some hefty buys rules. So if you keep a misses one, it's two buys. So in a game where the to- the, the team score could be twenty, mm. eight buys could cost That's you the game. Right. Yeah, mm, cost you the game. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> 
<laughs> Nothing worse. I mean, what's the, what's the chat like in the garage? And it's really harp on this garage stuff with yeah. mine. I mean, like, actually, Pez, you were telling a story last week about Dean Jones facing a net bowler back in the day, and like he was just whipping him off the pads, and he said, "Don't you watch TV?" I mean, yeah. are you doing the same sort of? Yeah. You're also very good off the pads, like you know, you're doing the same sort of thing. Your mate sort of slips one down leg side, or gives you a nice juicy half volley outside off, and you cram it mm. through, you know, the, uh, the, the 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 second house car or whatever. You know, are you just uh, are, are you are you talking smack? Oh, there's definitely some smack talk. Have to like, and that's from from everyone. You know, it doesn't because, um, like you said, you got to you got to find a way to stay in there because mm. it's uh, it's usually a quite a quick turnover. Mm. Um, probably so, carries yeah, more weight. Oh, there's a lot of banter and there's a lot of you know. You don't want to tell probably us what more, happens on the field there, obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Quite, exactly. obviously quite, yeah, It's quite, quite yeah, spicy, yeah. obviously. It's yeah. Fight Club, but backyard yeah. cricket. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> first rule. Well, okay, okay. let's move. Okay, okay people are probably like, all right, that's, that's enough of that. Oh, yeah. um, get he's got a garage here. Yeah. I just want to, I want to pick up. Yeah, he's got a garage and he hits one of the meat freezer every so often. Okay. Uh, just picking up on, on captaincy here, man, it's a funny thing in Australia. You know, like bowlers aren't allowed. This is according to convention, right? You know, um, these are unwritten rules. Bowlers aren't allowed to be captains. Keepers as captains are frowned upon. Most teams have five or six batsmen. Two of them are usually young or new or st- struggling to hold their spot. So the remaining four are candidates for captain. And then in Australia's case, one of them is not allowed to do it, and there's a bit of controversy about the other one. Enough said about that. So really it's between you and Travis Head uh, for the next Aussie Test captain. Would you, would you do it? Yeah. You all right? And Tim, yeah. and Tim, Bain, Tim Bain's got a bit of trouble with the hamstring as well. So, you know, are you going to battle ball first yeah. when you win the toss at the Gabba? <laughs> Mate, that's pretty funny, that. Um, <laughs> look, um, you know, captaincy, I don't think it's something that you, um, as a player, sorry to go all serious on you. Just tearing up. <laughs> uh, captaincy is, a, you know, obviously I'd love mm, to captain Australia. I don't think point. there'd be any mm. cricketer in that team. Um, that that would say no to, to getting the captaincy, um, but I I definitely think captaincy is not something that you necessarily seek for. It's something that kind of comes to you, um, and and I and I also don't think you need a a title next to your name to necessarily um, you know be a leader and have input within a team. But um, you know, obviously with uh, the calculations you made then, it's it's down to two. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the Australian way, you know. Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. That's exactly what a captain would say. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's always a lot of chat about. I want to keep talking about you know Manus, the guy who loves cricket versus guys who don't. But I, I think it's kind of it's well worn territory. Um, so something kind of in the middle, like. Uh, you go, you're about to go into the bubble. You're about to go into Adelaide Quarantine Hotel where every cricketer is going to be coming in and out. Mm. Uh, and, of course, yeah, the trope with you is, oh, you're a cricket nuffy. You love talking about cricket with Steve Smith only. Everyone jokes about that, even though they probably love cricket and they've just got identity issues. Like, aside from <laughs> aside from Steve Smith, uh, who's the most um, underrated cricket nuffy or non-kind of celebrated cricket nuffy who likes to hide that side of themselves from the public for, you know, Julio reasons? Mm that you do enjoy talking cricket with? Travis Head. Oh, geez, that's, that's a tough one. I'm trying uh, let's, let's go through them. Um, well, do you know what I mean when I say that, though, Manus? No, no, guys no, yeah, like, oh, yeah. I you know, Look, I'd prefer to talk about anything but cricket. It's like, mm. mate, you play for Australia. You've played yeah. your whole life. You love the game. Yeah, yeah. You love talking about Name it. Name averages and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, me and Steve are definitely on, on, on probably that wavelength. Um, who else do we have? Let's go, let's go through it. It's not coming. Warner Finch. Cummins, Cummins is closet. Actually, yeah. I tell you who's very closet is Josh Hazelwood. Ah, interesting. Like, and, yeah. and I don't mean he, he probably doesn't come out and say he doesn't like it, but he, I think he kind of comes across like he's just, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, 
you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what your feel is, and you can maybe elaborate on it. Oh, country, but, just sort of yeah. say things. Side yeah, of the, oh, I've yeah, always been yeah. good. Yeah, I don't really want to do this. Little, yeah. little, little quips here yeah, and there. Prefer to work on the but farm. There's so many times where. You know, during during this, yeah, you walk, I walk into him and he's like, oh, did you see that, you know, game last night, the IPL? Or did you see, you know, oh, yeah, they, they were playing there and they're doing I'm like, uh, yeah, you caught me a bit off guard there. I didn't think you were going to be on. But, yeah. like, even more specific stuff, like, oh, you know, did you see that person bad or that? And I'm like, oh, geez, that's, mm. you know, so he would be one that I think slips under the radar in, mm. in that sense. Mm. Just because you know he's a country fella, you mm. know, it's a bit more so well, comes across a bit more laid back. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, Tim Payne. I mean, I don't think Tim Payne. Oh, I don't know what you think Tim Payne comes across, but Tim Tim Payne is enough. Enough. Tim mm. Payne is nothing. Yeah, he's um. You know, he, we've been talking up. You know, team room cricket all off season. You know, can't wait to get in the test bubble so we can play a bit of you know. Team room cricket, you know, we had a few great battles last year, me and Payne versus Davey and Joe Burns. Um, and, you know, I mean, I remember one day we, what did we do? We, 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 we played all day and we came back and we played about two hours. We played the first test in Perth, came back and we played about two hours of changing room oh cricket, oh, like team room cricket. That's what I like to hear, mm. frankly. I need mm. this from Australian um, players. Mm. Um. Uh, just to clarify, me and Tim absolutely dusted um, Davey and, uh, and Joe. <laughs> uh, just, I think, really dominated him with the ball. I think Tim's got a great wrist, and um, and it really helped with the keeping. He got a few. St- he actually got a stumping to win us the game. <laughs> did he? Make, did he? <laughs> he actually did. Stumping to win us the game. Joe Burns tried to run down, and um, it was left-handed batting. So that's about opposite hand. Yeah. And he just panicked, and it nips away from him, and he got stuck. <laughs> you set him up. Talk us through it, Mars. You set him a couple of outswingers and one in, or cross seam stuff? Oh, I knew he was panicking. I knew he was panicking. They needed one to win, which means you just need to hit an object in the room, and that's yep. two, and you get the win. Yep. Right. Uh, mm. uh, can, let's ask about Tim Payne then, because he, he sort of – We'll be right in the middle of the nerd Julio thing then, like because uh, Tim Payne, you know, uses Botox like uh, yeah. half the Aussie side. Is that <laughs> yeah. is that your bag as well? Like I don't understand. Like, would you be getting into nah. that? So a couple of guys use Botox. They're cool with that, and also just love dressing room cricket. I mean, you know, what would mm. Ian Chappell think about this? You know, what's 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 DK Lilly thinking about this? <laughs> Look, you know, I'm probably I don't fall in both those categories. That's for mm. sure. Um, but you know, I definitely fall in the trying to make it fun for the boys, you know, we're always trying to muck around and, 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 and find ways to keep enjoying it. And I think uh, Tim's very good at that. You know, it's been, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, last summer we had, you know, not only did we win a lot of test matches, but we also won a lot of changing room or team room test yep. matches as well, me and Tim. So, Great summer. Um, yeah. So it was tough to say which one was, uh, was better, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just finally, one for our. Have you got any more? He goes. Yeah. Just one for our Indian listeners as well. Um, you know, we sort of note last time India were out here. I know you weren't uh, involved, but um, it's it, it occurred to us that uh, Pajara seemed to cause more troubles uh, for the Quicks than Coley. Uh, and you know, it's been wouldn't necessarily say confirmed, but suggested by a couple of your colleagues who bowl quick for Australia that you know Pajara is the primary concern. I mean, in the alpha wars between Chideshwa Pajara and Virat Kohli. Who wins? Who's Australia oh, more? Con- who's, who's Australia more concerned about this summer, Rahane? I think you're more concerned about Virat Kohli taking the game away from you. I think 
Pujara is like a slow death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a grind, and and I think, um, you know, we're a different team than we were two years ago as well. You know, we got a lot more consistency in that batting lineup, as well as you know. I think we will have the same bowling attack, but I think it's just a lot more confidence within the team, especially with Dave and Steve back. I think it, um, you know, it, it does make a difference. Although you know you might have the same bowling attack, but I think it makes a difference in the the, the feel and the the you know the, the confidence of the side. Um, but I definitely think you know if you can if you can dominate or, or, or really um, neutralise Vera Coley. Um, it, it, it does have an effect on on the rest of their team as well. Mm. Uh, very diplomatically spoken, like a like, like, a, like a future statesman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get that blazer sorted, Marnus. <laughs> uh, Marnus Labuschagne, thanks so much for joining us again on the Great Cricket. And when, look for look, we may have to have a spin off conversation just around backyard and garage matches down the track, given they seem to uh, engender oh. more passion. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to send you some footage, boys. <laughs> send you some of the, I'll send you some of the close DRS calls we've had. <laughs> okay, mate. <laughs> Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. He goes a quick word to our very dear friends at Budgie Smuggler who, as we have been saying, are creating custom bucket hats this summer yes, for are. your consumption pleasure. It's a hot summer. Yeah. It's always, it's always, it's always been hot. La Nina. Mm. This year. It's going to be hotter, is it? It means it's going to be hotter while the weather conditions, more cyclones in the northern part of the country. Yeah. Uh, more rain, hotter temperatures. Yeah, great. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, sounds good. Flat decks. <laughs> These decks are flat. The decks are flatter because of lightning. Yeah. Well, thankfully, Budgie Smuggler, who support us immensely, uh, uh, you know, now creating fashion so that you can look good, you can feel good, and you can play good. Fuck yeah. Okay. I like that. Uh, and this week we want to talk about, well, who have we been talking about? We've been talking about prodigies. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Was Nisa a prodigy? I don't know. He, did he play 19? I think he played 19s. Yeah, okay. But I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> yeah. I guess they're all prodigies in a way. Yeah. Johnson was a prodigy, I suppose, in a different way. Mm. Uh, a couple of batting prodigies for the year. Sachin Tendilkar was always marked. We're talking about people you can put on these custom bucket hats. Yeah. Sachin Tendilkar. Now, who else was a, uh, you know was who Tendulkar else? Was 16 when he played Test Cricket. I think David at 16. Uh, Afridi did. He made his debut for Bombay when he was 15. Yeah. He's okay. in 232 days. They Don't were, say anything were, about Indian first class cricket. They Don't were, do it. They were weak at the time. Mm. Uh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, the thing about Tendulkar that's wedding. weird is like he debuted in. Um, what'd you say? That team was. They, someone had a wedding in that team. Oh, I'm missing, some missing some blokes. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Test Big match. 16 year old. 16-year-old debut in a test match against Wazim and Wackhouse. 89. Yeah, okay. They swung it, didn't they? Wazim and Wackhouse. Really got it going. Yeah. They could, they could make the ball talk. Yeah. They say. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah. Why did they, they do that? They got it going. Why yeah. did they do that? Same wrist position. Yeah, just yeah. Same position. Yeah, technically correct wrist mm. position. They, they helped each other in the nets achieve perfect wrist position. <laughs> just good net. Just good net collaboration. <laughs> Uh, good little good bowlers, good bowlers, good bowlers. Yeah, Graham Hick, 
Graham Hick was a prodigy. And now well, he's just left his post as Australian batting coach. But Graham Hick was one of those guys that uh, mo- a lot of people feel like didn't uh, achieve his full potential but yeah, was yeah, a yeah. prolific run scorer in county cricket. That's right. When did um, he move? Because he was born in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe born in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Um, born and raised in uh, Harare. Right. Uh, and he was picked in Zimbabwe's 1983 World Cup squad as a 17-year-old. Oh, okay. Now, I think Harare, I think, uh, first of all, Harambe, and also secondly, <laughs> and also secondly Heath Streak. Chuck Harambe on the uh, on the bucket hat too. Yep. Just, just ideas again, yeah. just spitballing. These are just some of the ideas. Uh, Do whatever you like. Hick made 405 for Worcestershire against Somerset. Not bad. In 1988. Not bad. How'd you go today? How'd you hit him? Yeah. Well, I, got, oh, I made I, 400. I passed your season aggregate. Yeah. I made 405. Hmm. Um, Ian Botham actually said I can't imagine we'll ever see a greater innings than Graham's today Certainly the best He said he's certainly the best white batsman I've seen <laughs> I'm just reading this live <laughs> I just had to check that wasn't a typo The pupils was- in your eyes dilated just like what am I reading <laughs> I'll pick this up on the fly. Um, Improv, eh? There you go. Yeah, well, you know, both of them. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Get him on the show, White Whale. Sir. (laughs) He's White Whale, I see. I see what you've done there. Uh, anyway, Get a white a, whale on there. we're thinking. Yeah, look, we've given you a couple of given you a couple of ideas there. We're just trying to give you ideas to put on these some. custom bucket hats that are made in Australia. That's supporting right. Supporting Australian economy. Yep. Okay. Doing really well, Budgie Smuggler. Looking after you. We've got we've got both of them. We've got uh, questionable quotes from him. We've got Graham here. We've got Sachin Tendulkar. We've got Harambe. Okay. So don't say we're not giving you ideas. But if you don't want them, chuck your own one up there. BudgieSmuggler.com. How are these ads going, Lenny? Great friends. Hashtag us, TGC, my God. Now, Pez, before we get into this, I just want to say that we and I personally, I'm not sure about your DMs, you've obviously changed your password, but um, I've had so many nice messages recently in the last, like, mm, month, two months, actually basically since we brought it back during the winter. Um, So many nice messages. And uh, I understand, like, lots of people out there have had a really tough time financially, emotionally, all those things during lockdown all around the world. And to like reach out and say that you really enjoy the show for whatever reason uh, means a great deal. So, um, th- I mean, as I say, there's so many people. It's, actually, it's, just, it's so nice. so nice to hear from you. Well said. Like no one likes the ownership, so what I'm saying is get the fuck out of my DMs. Mm. Yeah, say the other bit now just to qualify it all. Got to qualify it. Yeah. Bring your um, character back. But thank you. Yeah. But go away. Heaps on Patreon, actually. That's, that's well, I said it before. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash Craig Rigger. Yeah. Let's give him a break from that sort of stuff. Yeah. I'm talk- and I'm talking to myself. See, I've said a nice so, thing and then I've sold him to yeah. an ad. And I've done the wrong thing. Yeah. Liam Weeks. I'll sign up if you want. <laughs> Liam Weeks writes in, hello there, Ian Riggins and Sam Perrigain. Right. Okay. So you've selected this question. Ian Riggins, well done. Perrigain. I don't know. First thing I think is Rogaine oh, for hair regrowth. Okay. Right. Okay. I guess it's fair. I'm not going to deny that. He says, I've been an avid, bordering on slightly dependent follower of your output for some time now, to the point where I attended the launch at Tea and No Sympathy at the Oval and specifically requested that when you signed the book, you also write, thanks, champ. That offers an avenue into my psyche, which the following diatribe will surely explain. Throughout the history of the great cricketer, so much influence has been placed on the importance of a person's father and their success or failure as a player and person, and rightly so. 
throughout all my time following the page and podcast, however, I cannot think of an instance whereby somebody has mailed in to explain how not having a father figure in their lives has affected their cricketing career. And I can see your bemusement right now. Choosing to play cricket without patriarchal pressure, this bloke must be fucked. <laughs> you can see it. God, he's picked me. You can stare into my soul. Oh, this, bloke, this bloke must be fucked. Growing up in rural Somerset in the UK and without a father to ferry me to games as a youngster, my sole cricketing vehicle was my grandfather on my mother's side, obviously. It's difficult to foray into the mind of a man with a comb over and a moustache, but as a man who had two daughters, one of whom couldn't give a toss about any sport and another who not only gave birth to me to desire to do so uncertain, but also was my grandfather's last bastion of sharing the game of cricket with my, with. my fate was already sealed. Some of my earliest memories of the game involved being ferried to the county to the county ground in Taunton with my grandfather and mother to watch Somerset in the late 90s get pummeled by the likes of Alan Donald turning out for, Worcestershire, uh, for Warwickshire because I guess why the fuck not. <clears throat> as I grew older, I spent my early teenage years playing club cricket as a considerably overweight left-handed batsman who on occasion could put the ball into the nearby housing estate. No surprises, my idol was Triscothic. Things turned sour, however, when for 90% of my car journeys home, I was berated and accosted by my grandfather to the tune of, why the fuck did you play that shot, Liam? Watch the fucking ball. Play each ball on its merit, etc. As I grew into my late teens, to the surprise of everybody in my close family and quite possibly the Labor government at the time, <laughs> I defied the child of a single parent stereotype and did fairly well in my exams, leading me to fluke some A-levels and go to university. Through a sequence of events I truly cannot explain, I now have a master's degree. Fucking raw. <laughs> Throughout my entire teenage years, however, my relationship with, my, with said grandfather was toxic in the extreme, to the point where I would flat out refuse to allow him to come to the games when I was older, often opting to risk my life getting a lift with the bloke in the team who had just passed his test. Aside from cricket, my grandfather would often chastise my decisions, such as going to uni, with rather ungainly responses such as, I just don't see why you get a proper job. I'm now 27 and due to this rather fucked world we live in, I'm back at home and you know what that means. Regular and unfiltered sprays from the old, old man asking what the fuck I'm doing with my life. I don't even know myself, so I've settled on some shit to do with data science, <laughs> knowing that I can easily dodge further questioning by going on a spiel about programming languages, knowing he'll switch off just like the day he did. I asked for a new bat for my birthday. <laughs> I guess my questions are as follows. Is my grandfather's apparent resentment towards me purely based on cricket, or was this coming anyway? Is this the sort of shit that normally happens in more traditional father versus son exchanges, or because I've skipped a generation... Am I getting two for the price of one on childhood trauma relating to patriarchal wishes and asserted dominance? <laughs> Finally, if the answer to the above is true, how the fuck do I get him off my back now I'm nearing 30? I foolishly gave him the link to my London-based, my London-based club's play cricket page when he got a Kindle for Christmas, and now I know for a fact that even when I moved back to London in 2031 at the current going, he will still call me on a Saturday morning staging an inquiry as to why I only made single figures the day before, quite possibly from beyond the grave. Many thanks, Liam Weeks. <clears throat> Fantastic. That's Liam. a finely worded question. Finely worded question. You can, he's, he's a well-spoken he's and written yeah. young man. A short, probably weak on the short ball, I reckon, or his weaknesses now. He's probably had that before, isn't it? Because eponymous with his name, Weeks. Um, <laughs> lazy Liam. Everton. It's me. <laughs> Everton. <laughs> well, here's, this, is, this is a really interesting question um, yeah. for, for us amateur psychologists, he goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his grandfather 
despite being clearly dysfunctional in the way he's dealt with his yeah. grandson, has has clearly taken a lot of interest in his cricket. Mm. Right? He's taken a lot of interest in Liam's cricket. So the yeah. question is like, would you rather the senior male figure in your life to show no interest <laughs> or toxic interest? Do you know what I mean? Because they yeah, say, yeah, I'm yeah, torn yeah. because I do. As a 90% of parenting right. guardianship is showing up. It's being there, just, just being there, however shit you are at it. But then this bloke is showing up to disapprove, it seems. Disapprove to the point where Liam is like, get the fuck away from me during, my t- during, you know, during his, his entire teenage years. Interesting. Second question, how to get him off your back. Well, there's lots of literature about the pain mothers feel when children flee the empty nest, less so fathers. Now, Liam, if you – but but the th- thing is, Liam, if you hated him having any involvement in your cricket, why the fuck did you give him your play cricket link? Okay? Now, maybe – Self-saboteur. Self-saboteur. Exactly. If you're circa 30 yeah. years old, as Liam alleges he is <laughs> – Well, I don't know why he lies. <laughs> Sound like I'm, I'm in court. He's 17. <laughs> Um, and you're, so if you're 30 years old and your grandfather is able, at least prolifically navigating the digital space to find out what you're doing in cricket, it's quite possible he genuinely cares and he's expressing it in a dysfunctional way mm. in a sort of Michael Vaughan 1940 way. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, in this country last had some bollocks. He might be trying his best. Maybe yeah. his father, who was clearly W.G. Grace. Obviously. Um, <laughs> clearly supported his cricket worse than that. Yeah. And his father, Henry VIII. So, <laughs> uh, There's footage of W.G. Grace. And I'm just thinking, if you want him to get off your back with the play cricket stuff, well, I allude, you know, he alluded to being a data scientist. Yeah. That sounds like some hacking shit to me yeah, or something. Some just hack it in. On, yeah. yeah, hack in. Um, now, I've Thoughts? only ever seen one a grandfather come to a great cricket game and he was just so fucking alpha that he just – he didn't understand why he didn't just like tee off like it was a baseball game, just hit home runs all the time basically. <laughs> and that was his idea of cricket, not obviously nuanced in the laws of the game mm. or the difficulty in that skill and that execution of that, of that skill. But I feel like with grandfathers – now I think there's actually – now I'm basing this off nothing, but I do believe there is something that happens in the brain – as in there's actual scientific research for this, that like you pass a certain age and you stop caring about what other people think about you. And uh, for the grandfather, he just like, he doesn't give a fuck. Doesn't yeah. give, I mean, obviously he loves Liam. That's mm. that, that. Do you get that, that view? Shit. Yeah. He's bringing, I think he's projecting a lot of stuff, a lot of other stuff onto Liam. He's projecting. But I think he cares. I mean, all, it sounds like all he said to him is play his ball on his merits. Liam, oh, fuck, take some criticism. <laughs> Trying to hit it, trying to hit him into the fucking onto the roofs. It was a fucking week. Any any danger of a forward defence? Yeah, I heard Alan Border say that in the press in the press box ones. <laughs> what did he say? Like any danger of a forward defence? I don't know who he was talking about <laughs> Harris or something. Stark. <laughs> it's really weird seeing Alan Border like be like the Alan Border that you you remember as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he's, he's, he's turned he's turned into grand. He's a friendly grandfatherly figure. Yeah, that's then right. you see him say, like, any danger or something? Yeah. Ooh, oh, there it is. Oh, well, there it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. You could yeah. tell Steve Water fuck off. Yeah. But would he? With a nice pair of Werther's originals. If he needed to. If he needed to. I reckon Border could tell anyone yeah. to get out of here if he needed to. M- Border is m- like mafioso type. Like he doesn't need to be aggressive because he's got the power. He's the god daddy for me still, he's god Border. Daddy. But he's that's god just because of my age. Yeah. I'm sure people say the same. But Ian Chappell might be Border's god daddy. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. And who was and, and who was Chappell's? Bradman. Bradman. And, and doesn't Chappell have issues with that? He does as much as See what I mean? It goes all the way back <laughs> to Charlie McCartney. <laughs> so, yeah, Liam, it just goes to show it's generational. Yeah. 
the best thing you can do is have a child yourself mm. and just improve a little bit. Incrementalism, like Obama. They call that McCartneyism. And are we happy with that answer? Oh, pff, happy not, with that, Lee? Not unhappy with that. Okay. Jet Shaw <laughs> writes in. Jet Shaw. Yeah. Dear TJC, get a Pezzy lad and Higo rat. I am twenty five year old. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm twenty five years old. Who decided at age, the age of twenty three, I would return to my Premier Cricket Club and pick up where I left off. I was a promising young cricketer, an opening wicket keeping batsman who made many of starts but failed to ever go on. A trusty gloveman who spent many overs diving down leg side, avoiding any chance there was to keep buyers off his name. At the age of 16, I made my second grade debut where I was introduced to a thir- to 30-year-old men who flat out abused you, cleared the front leg at any chance and presumably only played cricket on a Saturday afternoon to get away from their horrible marriage and accident of kids. Hmm. I soon gave up cricket to pursue my other love of football or soccer for my fellow Australian listeners. I went on to trial in Europe and played in our local league's best divisions. Okay. Flex. After reaching 23, we need a little sound buffer. After reaching 23, I decided the time was right to return to rare chat, shit rigs, and bang average grade cricket. My first game, he actually has an exclamation mark after that. Um, my first game, I was selected in the fourth grade squad. I then went on to finish the season making my first grade debut. What an honour being presented your first grade debut, Baggy. The following season, after missing another preseason due to winter sports, I started in fourth grade. I slowly moved up the grades again as my teammates started to give me the nickname Stephen Bradbury. My question to you boys is, was returning to grade cricket after an almost an eight-year layoff a true show of my ego, or was it because I wanted to impress my father who couldn't stand the game of cricket and didn't understand why I didn't chin the fucker from ball one? as making uh, a quick fire 30 was better than nicking off for another five off 30 rocks, but looking good doing so. Am I really just another Stephen Bradbury who was gifted games purely because there were no other keepers? And do I persist on another season coming after missing another preseason with the potential of playing the first couple of rounds, playing carpet cricket with some fat 40 year old ex fourth grade players who never made it? Or do I enjoy my off season and prepare myself for another season of football? Kind regards, Jet. You've done very well to read that um, in a way that is understood. Jet Shaw, great name. Jet Shaw fucks. Jet Shaw gets it done. I like the um, like school of fish, murder of crows, accident of kids. <laughs> um, now, Jet, you were the beneficiary of the well-known good at other sports selection. Mm-hmm. Um, now, once you're identified as a capable player of another code, always a, it's always going to be a better code. You'll be afforded luxuries and riches not available to less coordinated and gifted club members. And the word gifted is a word here because you've likely done fuck all to deserve such a thing. Um, obviously, you're injured all the time as well, so your body hates doing sport, but you're obviously very good at it and you've won a genetic lottery of gifts. Um, now, you must use this as your identity moving forward. Obviously, Pez, we've said this many times in the past. Mm, times Some of the luxuries that you're afforded, social media profile, pictures of sport, club training shorts, memorabilia, conversations, you will now be the alpha male in any sport chat forever. Um, so as long as you don't come across anyone who's actually achieved something in the game, rather than some carpet cricket against some fucking fourth graders, whatever you're talking about... Uh. Um, you should be okay. He sort of said that with the soberness of like Dan Andrews reporting the number of cases at the start of the press some, conference. Should have won some North Face today. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Jet, what I'm hearing is the following. What are you hearing, Pez? I'm very good at two sports. I could have my choice of either sports. Cricket is a difficult sport, but I'm good at it. I don't do preseason, but eventually I work my way up to ones. <laughs> Thoughts? I looked him up on my cricket. How'd he go? His last game was in under 14s, as you said. Okay. A couple of questions about this. 
Jets. It, it is proper grade cricket. You always have to check out, you know, people say, oh, I play grade cricket. Do you? Do you, mate? Mm. Bit of sub district stuff, is it? Mm. Is it Shire stuff? Is it city and suburban, Melbourne weird stuff? Mm-hmm. Victorian weird stuff? No, this is proper grade cricket. This is Premier Cricket, WA. Um, is that where he plays? Yeah, yeah WA, okay. yeah. Yeah, right. So this bloke plays. Um, there were no other jet shores on uh, my cricket. Listen, first thing I just want to uh, – maybe this is a Sydney test cricket thing. Okay, yeah, he plays premier cricket. I'll pay it in WA. And I also like West Australian cricket generally. They're the sort of next biggest alphas uh, if you're from our if you're from yeah, our vintage. because of the mining situation. Just it's – They're in the mines. The colours are good. The, the sun is sharp. Uh, Damien Martin, Brendan Julian, Hussey, Langer, you know, Tom Moody – these kind of guys yeah. around that time, yep. Langer, you don't fuck with yeah. them. Don't Ryan fuck with Campbell. WA. Yeah, big, big, thick guys. Yeah, Joe thick, Angel. Thick guys. Fucking thick. Big boys. Joe Angel was fucking thick. Yeah, big and thick. Marcus North, the snorkel. Fucking thick. Gilchrist goes over from here. <laughs> Fits in like a glove. Exactly. Mm. WA cricket. Yeah. I respect it. Brennan Julian. Did you say Brennan Julian? Of course. <laughs> Up top. <laughs> fucking captain. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus. Would have walked out of his studio and said, Brennan Julian, the top two at least. Boys! Boys! <laughs> Ever held the Sheffield Shield? <laughs> yeah, mate. You ever been to, you ever been to the Caribbean? Yeah. No, don't go. He didn't know what we were talking about, but he knew he had to out for us back. He did not have a clue. But the reflex kicked in. That's Western Australia. <laughs> That's some Gina Reinhardt shit. Yeah. I, I, look, with all that said, he goes. Yeah, of course. I've never heard in grade cricket terms. What haven't you heard? Of anyone making their way to first grade at a club from fourth grade, yeah, only to miss preseason, yeah, and then having go. made first grade, yeah. misses preseason and commence recommences in fourth grade, yeah. And what's that? Do not collect go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Who were the keepers at his club? Yeah. Like, like, because I'm thinking, oh, that's immediately like, oh, keepers are playing state cricket. Like, so was it, is it Gilchrist and English. Ryan Campbell? Yeah. Like, are they, yeah, yeah. were they at his club or something when he was fourteen years old? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know, but he's. I mean, he's really fallen down the pecking order, having finished the season in one. They recruited strongly, yeah. yeah they, or he, you know, they really value preseason. <laughs> <laughs> they really mean it when they say no train, no play. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Pay your subs, I don't play. Fucking hell! Oh, look, I got in a bit of a rabbit hole because he played for. Oh, Here we for, go. Now I, we're talking. I forget the name of the club. Now I'm thinking Golems. It's it's. it's <laughs> Are you? Are you, WA mate? cricket. I can't, <laughs> I can't type in golems. Yeah. It's going to say goslings or something. Yeah. I don't know. Gotham. <laughs> it's Gol- the fucking Dark Knight. Golems in my head. Dark Knight's playing Gol- fours this week. <laughs> <laughs> really sorry to that club. But <laughs> well, we're not going there, are we? No, but on the club's mm. website, it's like it, it has all the uh, the whole culture stuff. It has like a, a oh, right. PDF of player values. It PDF's really, important. It's real, um, real AFL styles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it, like the main thing it says on it is like we want to change the perception of this club. And I'm oh, like, right. And I noted, I noted, I looked at its history because I was trying to work out if it was a great cricket club. Right. And its history, it said like our our most um, celebrated player is Luke Pomersbatch. Okay, yeah. And I'm thinking with respect to Pomersbatch, yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. So many people have gone through WA cricket who've yeah, like yeah. gone on to do, do better than Luke. Yeah. Uh, but clearly haven't played for that club. And then yeah, I yeah, put yeah. that together with yeah. we want to change your perception of this club. Mm. And I'm like, what the mm. fuck happened to this club? It's called Gollum. It's called Gollum. If it's Gollum. Mate, it's got corruption. Start to G. Pommers Batch is their best player. They're called Gollum. And this guy goes from ones to fours to ones. He's back and forth. It's all over yeah. the show. I don't know. Yeah. A bit, a little bit more investigation required. <laughs> <laughs> to, 
The club night would play. <laughs> Looking for rings. Anyway, hope that helps. Um, Susanna Kingston, last one, Pez. Yeah, Let's just do one more. Okay, okay. Susanna Kingston, dear TGC. Oh, I like this one. I'm a fan from the UK. The other day, I was enjoying I was enjoying a socially distanced drink at a North London pub with some friends. I started chatting to an Australian guy who was there with a couple of his mates. As a joke, I asked him if he'd ever played grade cricket. He said yes, and immediately took his top off. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's no correlation there. <laughs> I began. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Here's my naked body. I began to suspect that he may have been a wee bit drunk. In an effort to get his top back on, I tried to change the subject. However, he continued. Not only had this man played great cricket, he, also, he was also apparently a relation of Mitch Johnson and had even faced Johnson in the nets. At this point, he lost me. I began to get suspicious. I could well believe that this guy was a former great cricketer, but he did not strike me as someone who could possibly have faced Mitchell Johnson in the nets. Perhaps, perhaps I'm wrong, and this is why he had relocated such a huge distance. Anyway... He was eventually pulled away by the barman and I was left to wonder about it for the duration of my walk home. My question is, do you have any advice on how to chat up potentially jaded former grade cricketers? Best wishes, Susie. I love, um, this is a great question. I love the, like, the question, have you played grade cricket? And this guy, like, just gets to the point of the entire conversation yeah. and just takes his shirt off. Like yeah. it skips so much of the niceties. Like yeah. it's, it's something almost interpretive dance about it. Have you played grade cricket? Feast on this body. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's the most, it, obviously it's the, it's, it's the human yeah. kind of alpha um, yeah. ritual. Yeah. Take you know? your shirt off. You tell Take me. Take your shirt off. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, a few things in there. We could talk about, well, facing Johnson and the Nets and all that kind of gear, but I think this is more of a love question. This is more of a chatting up question, you know what I mean? I found it weird that he's like, yeah, I faced Johnson and the Nets and I'm a relation of his. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. he goes, it's probably one for you. Like Susie's asking for advice on chatting up potentially jaded former grade cricketers. I'm looking you dead in the eye. Um, what, what What is your advice? Because I'm thinking – you know, how do you want to be spoken to as a great cricketer if Susie's asking for advice? You know, do you want to be fawned over? Mm. Do you want them to just think, oh, great cricket, yeah, like it's the level below state. You must be good. You know, you must have played against some good players. You, you want them to think of you the way all yep. great cricketers want to be thought of. Semi-professionals, one could score away from state cricket. Yep. Um, what, what's your advice to Susie? First of all, if you are a woman, uh, even talking to a great cricketer is a huge deal to that person personally and likely 85% of that club. The, the great cricketer. Just any great cricketer, not, yeah. not the great cricketer um, who's a fictional character. It's a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the great level. level. Secondly, I love the idea that he said, I know Mitch Johnson. Do you want to have sex? Like that's, a, that's, what, he's, that's what he's really communicating. Thirdly, there really is no secret to chatting up a cricketer. Um, you'll have to guide them through it though. You'll have to take the lead um, because it's likely that this won't have happened to them before, especially if they're with their cricketing friends and like mm. they just played a game. They've probably been in the sun all day. He's got really excited, this guy. He's so got he's, a little bit of sunstroke. Yeah. You know, he's There's just, a lot of cricketers around him. So he's with his teammates. Yeah. She's asked me oh, if he plays Robert, great cricket. Robert, Robert's yeah, talking Robert. to a woman over there. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's with mates who aren't cricketers, but well, he's the cricketer. He's he goes, a Do you cricketer. play great cricket? And he just goes, that's, that's the Shangri-La of the conversation. Yes. Bang, top exactly. off. <laughs> that's the Shangri-La of the conversation. We've hit the apex straight away. Now, but what cricketers will do, though, Pez, as you know, they're likely trying to impress um, the woman they're trying to court with their athleticism. They want to mm-hmm. talk about their achievements. They'll give them some stats. Um, but unlike rugby, AFL, any of the football codes, athletics, swimming, darts, debating, European handball, no one gives a fuck. Yep. Um, about anything like that. And cricket's probably the least um, sexually attractive sport there is. Um, how, do you feel, how would you feel hypothetically, and you may have had this before when you are talking about your stats, as I've heard you do, right. um, yeah. 
How would you feel if the like the woman you're speaking to yeah. was impressed and was asking more about the stats? You'd be in shock. I'd treat that with suspicion. Yeah. I'd treat that with you suspicion. You go, this is a stitch up. This is a Some, stitch someone's <laughs> stitching me up here. You go like. My being punked. I, oh, yeah. Ashton. I hit, I hit 67 against West last year. Yeah. And she's like, really? How did yeah. you hit him? Where was that? Blick? Yeah. Yeah. How did Blick? <laughs> How's the deck? How did you hit him? How was the deck? Yeah. Yeah. Was uh, S. Heel playing that day? Now, yeah, I, I wrote down that you have to, you have to treat them like, um, you know, an avatar when Sam Worthington gets on the horse and he has to connect his mane to the, like, vividly. you have to do that. You have to walk them through it. You have to have that connection with them because they won't know what that situation is happening you know, talking with, with a woman most of the time. Have you ever seen a cricketer on a team night out pick up? Well, I have, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Really? I've never seen it. Really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the old Tigers are – sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can just see my, my head ticking over there. I'm going to say that? No. Yeah. Hez's mouth went absolutely <laughs> vertical just then. <laughs> Complete side mouth. Um, I reckon that's all the time we got for the yeah. show, mate. Get long. Thank you, Susie. Good question. Thank you. Um, and if you want more of that kind of gear, patreon.com forward slash great cricketer for uh, hashtag us to see Fridays. They're great fun. Thanks to Marnus. Yeah. Bad luck on the weekend. Bad luck. He'll be listening to yeah, this as well. Yeah, no oh, doubt. It's uh, hitting those runs in, that, uh, in the garage of his. Feel safe again with Marnus. See you next week. <laughs>